Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, April the 4th, right here, live from Chop Studios. Almost tripped up over there. I was getting emotional. I mean, this this UConn game was just incredible. Uh, it, is oh, Dave it is Dave Sturgeo. It is Chris Gucci, as always. And we are coming to you, like I said before, live from Chop Studios. Uh, a lot to get into today. The NBA resumes its action in its final week. The final playoff push is here. There's news about Kyrie Irving. What else is new? And, of course, there's some stuff. There's some developments uh, uh, in the NFL when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins, when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr. We'll get into all that today. But first, obviously, we have some champions crowned, and they are none other than the UConn Huskies. Um, they went out there, did their thing. We said it yesterday. They've dominated the entire tournament. They've dominated inside the paint. They dominated the perimeter. These guys just dominated the, the entire way, and there was no doubt, and you even said it yesterday. You're like, has anybody come close? You know, And we're like, ah, not really. You know, And, and last night, the Aztecs of San Diego State – Pulled within five late, but then, again, UConn is just that yeah, team. I had the game on, but I was doing a couple other things, as I said I would be. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I was like, if this game gets close, which it really didn't, I saw it get within six was what I saw. I didn't even see five. I saw them within six on a 9-0 run. I literally got up, walked downstairs, probably <laughs> made a disgusting snack that I did not deserve <laughs> nor should have had at that moment. But I walked back upstairs. I... I sit down and it was back up to twelve. So I was like, I yeah. missed literally the only good one minute of this game. It's unfortunate. UConn um, dominated. San Diego State had a great run, right? We all watched it throughout the course of the last month. But you know, you can't go cold that cold to start the game because once you get behind, it is a very, very hard task to come back to a powerhouse or come back on a powerhouse like UConn. Um, the Aztecs missed at one point in the first half fourteen straight shots. They went eleven minutes without a field goal. Eleven. So just imagine how cold you could possibly go. They couldn't hit a broadside of a barn. It was tough sledding for the Aztecs. Um, I got to give it up, obviously, Sue, uh, to uh, Adama Sinogo. Uh, that dude, listen, first of all, he averaged 19.7 points a game throughout the course of the tournament, 9.8 rebounds a game throughout the course of the tournament. He scored 21, I believe, in the Final Four, and then last night another 17-10 and 10 performance. This dude's ready for the NBA. I've, from everything that I've read and the interviews and the post games, this dude will be a player in the league. Um, but again, shout out to him. He was in some good company. I saw a stat last night where it was him, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Christian Leitner, uh, and somebody, I forget the, th- the fourth name, but it was like average what he was doing at one point. I think he missed it by a rebound, so he fell out of that company. But at one point, he was averaging, he was in the conversation with some. Heavy hitters, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, dominant. He's ready for the NBA, but you know who's not going to the NBA? Any of the Aztecs. <laughs> I'm Andre kidding. Jackson. He said that yesterday. He already said that he's going to stay at college at UConn, and the only way that he's going to leave is if the coach tells him to, which, honestly, I think there's still a chance he does leave. Why would the coach tell him to leave? Because the Go coach— Go get your bag? The coach is supposed to be talking to the player about what's best for the player at this point. Sure. Understanding that, you know, that the school takes a hit, but— a player doing well in the NBA and succeeding, and also a player that you care about getting paid and being a high draft pick. If the coach thinks and he talks to some scouts and says, hey, he's going to be a lottery pick, then you almost have no choice but to inform the player, hey, you're not welcome back here anymore because it's in your best interest to move on. I don't think that's going to happen, though, because I feel you know, the NBA is a big leap. I think he stays. 
Based well, on what he, how he sounded after the game, he's definitely staying. And that's after a win. Yeah. You would think after a win, they kind of want to cruise into the into the next level and see what they can do at I'm the next level. I'm surprised he said anything at all. That's I'm, true. I'm saying nothing at that point. I'm like, we got to figure this out. I'm or how exactly about, can sure I just yet. win my championship and just can I relax yeah, a little exactly, bit? Yeah, uh, exactly. UConn, that was their fifth national title appearance. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? They are 5-0. and oh. They've never lost a national championship game. That continued last night. So congratulations to the UConn Huskies. The college basketball season is now over. And all focus now moves to the NBA. And obviously the NBA's playoffs are about to start. But more importantly for these college kids, the NBA draft is the next step. And some of these guys are going to be some significant role players over there. Um, now, going into the NBA, the playoff push, look, it's the final week of the season. There are some games on the docket tonight that mean a lot. Before I get into the games, I do want to say that there's a report coming out that you said we talked about it yesterday for like a fraction of a second um, in the office and say like Kyrie and Luca both to possibly be shut down for the final stretch of the season. Now, when you look at the standings, the Dallas Mavericks right now are sitting there. Now, look, it's not over by any stretch. They're down a game with about three to go. So they have a chance to potentially get into the playoffs. But is this what is the, the logic behind shutting these guys down if they're right there? Because well, now the report I was going to say is that Kyrie Irving will test free agency despite being eligible for an extension from Dallas. So all of a sudden, this Guy ain't loyal. <laughs> I was going another way, but like, dude, what's going on with Kyrie again? I mean, there's not. What do you mean loyal? They just traded for him 20 games ago, not even, and they played like garbage since he's been there. So I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna test free agency too. You owe it. It's the it's the NBA. People are gonna look for their money. Free agency allows you to get more money. I mean, at least testing it. I think Kyrie gets paid by Dallas. Dallas wants to keep him, but. If you're if you're an agent, you don't want him to say, "Yeah, I'm back, I'm back." No, no, no. Let's figure things out. Yeah. Same reason why the kid from UConn shouldn't have said a word yesterday. But you're asking like, what's the logic in shutting them down? When they're right, they're still in striking distance of the play in tournament. I don't think that there is any logic in shutting them down. I don't think they're going to be shut down. I think that what they're doing is a little PR control, maybe save uh, Luca's um, image a little bit in terms of how they buckled down the stretch. I think both guys are playing with fairly significant injuries. Luca's dealing with the thigh. Kyrie dealing with, I think, an ankle. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I think they play because you're not going to keep me off the court if I'm able to play the last 10 games. I'm going to play the last three. So if they lose today or no, if they, they lose. they got a game tomorrow. If they They're lose tomorrow, tomorrow, then I would imagine that then it's more realistic to shut them down because now you're looking at, depending on who wins or loses today and tomorrow, it could right. be a lot taller of an order, and it's pretty hard right now. But, again – the teams that are above them, I'm sure that they're not winning every night based on the fact that they're also the 10-11 seed. It's getting tighter and tighter, but the games that are relevant tonight, I'll start with a couple of them, starting in the East. Uh, Boston at Philly, which is, again, one of those playoff dream matchups that you're you're kind of predicting might come across your, your, your bracket. You know what I mean? It might actually happen. Uh, Boston visits Philly. If Philly has any hope to move to the two, they got to have this game. Um, but, again, when you look at the standings right now with the, the final week of the season – they are three games back. So what, the Celtics can kind of solidify themselves as the two well, seed with clinch. a win. They could probably clinch. Yeah. yeah, if they're three they, back with three to play. Yeah, that's it. It's so over. if Boston wins tonight, they will be the two Honestly, seed. I don't even expect Philly to come firing on all, all cylinders today. I think if there's somebody that's banged up, sit them. Anything like that in this game, it's really no It's no matter. They're not going to pass them. They might even already have clinched the two seed for all we know. I don't know what the tiebreakers look like. Right? They've so, clinched the playoff spot. That's about it. But – who? 
The Boston Celtics. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know. It's not going to say they clinched the two. Does it say that? No, but I'm, you, you could no, but you could but tell. You could look up, at the games back. If yeah. they're three up, there's three to play. They could have very well. They could have already done it, yeah, right? You yeah, know what yeah, I mean, 100%. we just don't know. So, um, but Boston could absolutely put the hammer down tonight yeah, with a win. I, I think Philly probably isn't going into this game with much to lose or win. You know, and both guys, both teams right now are looking forward to a potential matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals or the semis, depending on how the seating lines up. But yeah. um, I don't, I don't anticipate either of these two teams. Unfortunately, this would have lined up to be a great game, but at the same time, I don't even know how important seedings are to some of these teams. I think some teams put a little more onus on it, but you know, if you think you could beat a team. Putting all your guys, you're your, you're you're more or less like get in the dance. Yeah, let's just get in be there. Who, be one, who you got to be. One extra road game in the NBA, it could be trouble. But some of these teams play better on the road. I don't know if Philly or Boston are either of those two teams. Uh, just looking at their away record, Boston is indeed ten games above five hundred away, and the Sixers are about seven games above five hundred away. So they're both good road teams. So. Again, significant. Boston could put the hammer down and get that two seed officially. I feel like to win any NBA playoff series, you almost always have to win one road game. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and you would love to do it early. You know, pick them off, get that split. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are sitting there at the eight seed right now. They take on the Chicago Bulls, who are sitting there currently at the ten seed, who have pretty much locked the ten seed. So, the only way, the only uh, the the Raptors have already clinched a spot in the play in. Bracket, so you don't have to worry about that. They've they've already clinched that. Chicago, technically right now, has not clinched a playoff spot, but they are right there. It is like a fraction of a percentage point. Chicago, obviously, the the win that you know they'll try to win this game, stay alive. Atlanta can keep the magic alive with a win. Now the magic of the team that's chasing right now and are officially not eliminated. So I have a question because when I'm reading this right here, I was like, I know the answer now based on how you said it, but. Mm. You know, I was thinking like, oh, the Atlanta having a magical season, and now I realize that you meant the Orlando Magic. Yes, I meant the Orlando Magic. They can keep the Orlando can they keep Magic. The magic alive? They can keep. <laughs> I hope not. I don't like Atlanta. They can keep the Orlando Magic alive with a win right now. So the Magic are big, uh, big Hawks fans <laughs> tonight. Uh, the five seed Kings taking on the eight seed New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Kings are solid there at five. Pelicans are in that mess, man. That that, that jumbled mess. At the back end of the West, starting at, you could say, technically the five seed. Between the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Wolves, the Thunder. They're all three games within each other with, like, three to go. So these are things that are going to crystallize tonight. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes down tonight. Uh, the Kings, a win, would pretty much keep them where they are. And you look at New Orleans right now, they could jump to the seven and eight. How important do you think, I, I mean, it, it, it's almost like a no-brainer, but, like, for the that's that six that five and six seed is so important right now, considering the fact that seven, eight, nine, ten have to play in this play in tournament, which again I don't typically agree with. I understand it's extra teams and extra playoffs and extra ratings, and I get all that. But like to avoid this would be wonderful <laughs> for a team like the Clippers, like the Warriors. Right now, they're both in action. Um, so I, I don't know. The Lakers just, too. I mean, the Lakers are sitting at the seven. So the Lakers are sitting at the seven. That's the next team I was going to talk about. They take on the twelve spot, uh, Jazz, who are literally again the Jazz, not mathematically eliminated. Probably tonight, if the Lakers could win, they can essentially eliminate the Jazz, get rid of the Jazz, and then potentially move out of that playing game. Like all of a sudden, we were talking about it as LeBron was banged up. Could they stay relevant? Could they stay in the hunt? And now all of a sudden, with a couple games to play, who's, they could the potentially seeding? get out go, of this play-in tournament. Go one through four in the West right now. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, and the Suns. 
And, so Nuggets, oh, you have Kings five here. That's why I got confused. What do I have on the on the sheet on the notes? You put Kings five seed. The Kings are the third. Ah, Kings are the third. third. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was so my I was fault. like, that's why I got confused for a second. But right now, I don't know who's the tougher matchup. You can make the case that getting the playing game. Who's the one and two again? It's the Nuggets. Nuggets and the, and the Grizzlies. I wouldn't mind playing the Grizzlies right now. I mean, John Morant's back, so they, you know mm-hmm. they've been playing a little bit better basketball lately. They're eight and two in their last ten. Those guys are heating up at the right time. But you understand what I'm getting at? Yeah, right? yeah, for the, sure. There could be a case made that this the 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 lower seeds here, meaning the Kings and whoever the four is, are the Suns. Yeah, are a tougher matchup in the postseason than than Memphis or the Nuggets at this point. Right. Um, the biggest game of the night, I think, is OKC traveling to play the Golden State Warriors. Um, both teams absolutely need to win. Uh, the Warriors don't want to drop into that playing game because right now what you're seeing are the Warriors sitting there at the six, and they're only a half game up on the Lakers. So just like that, within a blink of an eye, tomorrow morning we we might be waking up with the Lakers in the six and the Warriors dropping to the seven into the playing game. So or playing series. That's that's incredible. How just how like close and narrow it is in the NBA. And of course. The Dallas Mavericks, big-time Warriors fans here. They're right behind OKC right now. They need, desperately, for them to even have a sniff at the playoffs, they need OKC to lose this game to the Warriors. And, again, you can see, you can make the case for if, for whatever reason, OKC wins, right, and they beat the Warriors, the Mavericks play the Kings, I believe, the next night. Then you could say, like, all right, we might shut it down. We're two games back with, like, none to play. I think what it is is there's a lot of people talking a lot publicly about how bad the, this this duo has done since they've been together, but I think that neither of them have been healthy, and the Mavericks are kind of just trying to let the public know, like, yo, guys, we might even shut these guys down. They're not right. And it's a PR move more so than anything because they're both going to play tomorrow. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, Maybe you, Kyrie thinks, but Luke has got to play. You would Luke think. has got to play. His image is on the line a little bit. Yeah, well, it's it's going to get very, very uh, down to the nitty-gritty here with the NBA, so... We'll see. NFL news as we uh, roll on with the show. Before we get out of here, obviously, a couple little things to note. Last night, there was a public offer already tweeted out, reported, that the Baltimore Ravens are now in on the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. Now, I don't know what that does for him as far as what the number is. Rumors and reports of saying that he's seeking $15 million. With the Ravens about to have to drop the biggest guaranteed contract in the history of mankind, right? Could they afford a one-year deal with Odell Beckham Jr.? Like, I understand the cap could be maneuvered and, and manipulated in so many ways, but like, is Odell worth fifteen million dollars for one year? Because he would be joining Rashad Bateman. He would be uh, joining, obviously, the, the hopefully the reemergence of a Mark Andrews at the tight end position. All of a sudden, that Ravens offense, J.K. Dobbins, like it looks a little bit more stout if you add an Odell Beckham Jr. to a you would hope. Lamar Jackson led offense. Well, I think part of it might also be, you know, a way to try and get Lamar to start talking again and to get back into the fold. Look, I don't know what Odell's worth because I don't know how healthy he is, but I know based on what we were talking about prior to this news coming out, it was he wanted a multi-year deal, upwards of $20 million. I think that was a little crazy. I think $15 million is right on par for what he should be asking for. I don't think he gets it unless there's a couple teams that start lining up for him. I don't think Odell's going to be in any rush to sign with the Ravens because I think he's too smart to go somewhere where there's a chance that it's Tyler Huntley as QB1 next year. Correct. He's not going to do that. And also, it's the philosophy that they use. I think Odell gets frustrated early and often in Baltimore with the amount of run plays. And I don't think, I don't think he's signing up anywhere to go be a down. Or does that blocker. benefit him? 
does that benefit him? He's not going to be expected I don't think it to benefits. do as much. I don't think I think targets is what receivers want. Like a guy like Odell, yeah. he's not really too interested in going to play smash mouth, block a, a safety. He has nothing. He don't want anything to do with that. And that's not necessarily a knock on him because that's never been what his game was. Right. And I'm not bringing in Odell to do that. If I'm if I'm going to keep that philosophy, I'm going to go two tight end sets and I'm going to keep going that way. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to try and bring in this star receiver that's going to hopefully blow the top off the defense so we can hand the ball off a bunch of times in a row. Yeah, so that's Odell's news. Odell's not signing with the Ravens. I'll be shocked if that goes down. We'll see if that shocked. happens. Maybe it's just putting a little more pressure on the New York football Jets, who have also been in the conversation with Odell Beckham. Aaron Rodgers' watch continues. We don't have that solidified yet. Um, speaking of the draft, because of draft capital, probably will be involved in an Aaron Rodgers deal. You said yesterday you read that the Titans are interested in moving all the way up to the three. Chris, why are the Titans moving up to the three? Well, two reasons. One, they may be really interested in one of the quarterbacks, and if they happen to land a good deal, maybe they take it, right? But you know who's sitting at four and talking about wanting a quarterback? The Colts. I think that the, they're really— Division rivals. The idea <laughs> here is a little smoke and mirrors. They're throwing up a signal saying, hey, we might make a trade for that three spot, so if you want it, you better pony up and beat us. And this way, the Colts trade a little bit more. It's a little jockeying by interdivision rivals. I think it's good, good GM work. It's so um, funny that, that that's being said. As Todd McShay, somebody I read thoroughly, his newest mock draft just came out this morning. And I'm reading what he's got here. <clears throat> Chalk, again, C.J. Stroud is the pick uh, to the Carolina Panthers. Then Bryce Young goes to the Texans. But then at three... He says the Colts are not going to take any chances. They jump to three, which is just one spot. But who knows what the compensation is going to cost them to just to get to the one spot, maybe like next year's two or maybe this year's two or whatever the case may be. They're going to go and get – It might be next year's one. They're not going to do that. Bro, you'd be surprised what it takes for a quarterback. Let's look at what they just gave up for the one pick. Right? Like, so if look, let's look at what Carolina was nine. That was from nine to one. This is from four to three. This is preventative. If you have a team that's in your division that's going after a guy that you covet, what do you, what's it worth to you? That changes everything. It's what when it comes to the NFL and specifically on on like you're going to have to make this decision on the fly because my estimation is they're going to take this down to the final hour. And if you have two teams jockeying, it's like you start ponying up because you have 10 minutes to decide. You don't have a couple days. This is a draft day trade most likely. So, I could see them really ponying up and we're looking at look at what Trey Lance got. Look at what the, the pick for these guys. It's not like it's unprecedented. There's Baker Mayfield went one overall. <laughs> so. but no, no, no. I'm saying, like, look what look what the Bears gave up to acquire Justin Fields. Look at those trades. That's the precedent. Look what the Niners gave up to get the pick to get, to get Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance. Yeah. So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility that somebody's going to give up a one. Yeah, so maybe. I mean, again, that is some gamesmanship happening between the Titans and the Colts right now. But according to McShay, um, the Colts make that plump that they'd have to. And then the Arizona Cardinals get the guy they were going to get anyway because it was just one pick behind. That's Will Anderson Jr. Um, out of Alabama. Just kind of piggybacking off the rest of this mock draft. Jalen Carter uh, falls to five uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. I think he falls even further. I think so, too. Um, the Raiders pass on a quarterback. Uh, Atlanta passes on a quarterback. So this is interesting. Now the quarterbacks, after the first three, we're talking about the one I'm talking about is Will Levis. This is to see where he would drop to. The 10, looks like the Eagles get an edge rusher. The Titans are the first ones at 11. Now, right now, if the Titans trade up, that'll be a different story. In this mock draft, they are at 11. They go get the Ohio State receiver that was mocked to the Packers last week, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So we're going to see that. Uh, Houston takes another uh, linebacker. Jets go offensive tackle at 13. 
So no pick there. Uh, no pick for the Packers there. Uh, and then right here is the splash. The Tampa Bay Bucks run to the podium and say, Bill, Belichick, listen, guy, I, I need this. I need this pick. And they, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, draft Will Levis at 14. So we'll see if that happens. And remember, they already signed Baker Mayfield. They have Kyle Trask. So the Tampa Bay Bucks, do the Patriots have that pick? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing what I've done the last two years and just confused the Patriots. No, no, they actually have that pick. (laughs) The Packers get Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. Not bad. Uh, Washington Commanders take Joey Porter Jr. That's the cornerback that I'm uh, more or less looking at because, of course, name variation. You know who he is. Um, The 18th pick, the Detroit Lions take B. John Robinson. 18th overall running back out of Texas, So, which was, by the way, he was at the, uh, the car show the other day, right? So that was cool. Big dude. Uh, the Patriots, who traded back in an offensive tackle. Zay Flowers, who was uh, over there on the Mojo app. There was a Mojo post the other day, or yesterday, about some of the higher receivers on where they're climbing already. It looks like Zay Flowers is one of the ones that they covet, and he will land in Seattle, according to this. And, of course, as we go, uh, Quinton Johnston, receiver out of TCU, lands in Baltimore. So imagine having Odell Johnston. Bateman, all of a sudden you got yourself a t- uh, uh, you know a threesome over there. The the Vikings at twenty three. We've seen this before. Hendon Hooker. So they're trying to get the successor of Kirk Cousins. I hope, Kirk. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, you would. I, I mean, I would, look, if Hooker's listen, if Hooker thing. is what he was before the ACL injury, you you probably won't hope so. So you mean like a, he was going to win like a, like a really good college football quarterback? Okay, let's count all the Heisman's that have succeeded. In Here the we NFL. go, Tim Tebow and all. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't <laughs> necessarily it. translate. So I yes, I from what I've I don't know enough about Hendon Hooker, but I know what I've read and what I've seen is that he's just not an NFL quarterback. He's somewhere around like a fourth round prospect. They're saying. So he's basically maybe, like maybe with the, he's Malik injury. Willis. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, we'll see. We'll uh, the see. Cowboys draft a tight end. Pff, what the, what are we doing here? Todd, 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 Todd. Come on, man. We uh, they let Dalton Schultz go, okay? And then because the reason why they let him walk is because they have a very very they good. Have, they, they plan on drafting a tight end. No, they have a good depth chart uh, over there at tight end with uh, what you call him. Ferguson and Hendershot and McEwen, and they're fine. Yeah, they're Uh, they're all studs. Jordan Addison, wide receiver, goes to the Bills to stack with Stephon Diggs, and they round out the 31st pick with defensive end uh, going to the Chiefs. But one more thing before we get out of here. Hopkins watch, right? So we've talked about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit over the course of the last couple weeks. Trade, compensation, what's he worth? Huge contract. What do the Cardinals wind up doing? There are now reports saying that he could just be outright cut. Do the Cardinals take that plunge? Do the, t- the Cardinals just say, the hell with this guy? We're going to eat all this money. Goodbye? Is, is it that fractured? It's not that it's that fractured. It has. Not, I think it's nothing to do with the fracture. It has everything to do with the financials. If a team isn't willing to take him on in a trade because they know that the Cardinals are up against it and there's not many suitors because of the contract situation, let's work this out where he's outright released. If a team claims him, then they pick up on the contract where it left off, but realistically, it'll probably clear. He'll clear away. And then he'll be able to sign wherever he wants. The Cardinals will owe him some money. They'll take their cap hit. But GMs aren't going to be lining up to trade for a guy that they're going to have to work out a deal with based on a, a pre-existing bad contract. I think it's going to sit there for a little bit. If the Cardinals are moving off of, you know, they're in a rebuild at this point, I would say. At yeah. least for this season, it's like they could re- hit the reset button because Kyler's out for the first half of the season probably. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins wants nothing to do with being there, nor should he at this point. I mean, it makes sense. 
for them to release him if if they can't find a okay. suitor. So yeah, I do believe that. Interesting. Now, what's the number? I mean, if Odell's out there asking for fifteen, and this guy's making over twenty. What's he going to demand from a team? He's going to want more money than Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I don't know that he's going to want necessarily more money per, but he's going to want a longer deal and deserves to get a longer deal. He's one of the best in the league. Yeah, like, but still. we all know what happens when you're on the wrong side of 30. In this league, the amount of receiver talent that comes into the league year after year, it's harder and harder to stay relevant. Not that Hopkins is not every bit relevant right now, but understanding that the, the dynamic of the financials over in Arizona, it makes sense that he's going to be cut there. But if I'm looking at him, I'm <sighs> saying two-year deal. And this is why he's getting cut. I just looked at his cap number deal. this year, man. $29.9 million and on the cap. The, what's the cap if they cut him? What's the what's the hit? The cap savings, they would be say if they cut him outright cut pre-June 1st, they'd save about $9 million. Well. Well, there you go. I mean, like, because next year's cap number is 25. <laughs> like, his free agent year would be 2025. So, so it seems like he's going to be cut. Yeah. It, it just based off the numbers and just based off and the when logic. You're at, when you're looking at 9 million savings, it's like are they winning a chip this year with Hopkins? Is he is he really like selling a ton of tickets with a lot a, of dead cap with a bad quarterback? A lot <clears throat> of dead money. 21 million dollars <laughs> in what? dead cap money. They're basically going into a dead season. With a first year head coach, right? First year head coach and a quarterback that's rehabbing from an ACL. Well, let's pay forty-five million or forty million, and then take on that dead cap hit next year with a receiver who's a year older. I figured it out. What they're going to do, they could designate this as a post-June first cut and save nineteen million dollars. Oh, that's what they're that's doing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. I just looked at it. I just switched the old Tabski over here, and I'm like, oh, hold on. What, what did they wait a couple months before they actually do this? Yeah. But again. That's how you manipulate this stuff, man. It's like you could, like Zeke got cut, but designated so, so as a post June so cut. So basically, unless there's a receiver need on draft day and a team that's looking at it like, hey, look, we could get this guy, but then you're also inheriting in the fourth round of a draft or third round on day three of a draft, you're going to inherit a $20 million cap hit. No. There has to be a restructure after that, and I'm sure there will be, but draft day trades. I don't know that that's going to be lining up with what Hopkins wants to do. He may get traded and be pretty pissed off about where he lands and have no interest in a restructure, especially if he's hearing that. I just realized this also with the post-June first cut, $19.4 million, only a $10 million dead cap hit. He's got no guaranteed money on his deal this year or next year or this previous year. There was no guaranteed money, so he's out. DeAndre Hopkins, hottest free agent receiver out there. Million, though. Yes, he did. He already got that in the bag. You can follow us and all the information and the news coming out as the draft gets closer at Mojo, M-O-J-O. Very easy to find us on TikTok, Instagram, and the old Twitter machine. And, of course, join the Discord right now. That is the daily conversation happening each and every day to decipher who you want to go long on, short on, daily props, liquid props, all that stuff. A lot of interesting stuff. Look, Every other sports book that I've ever gambled on, you know, you have this um, this situation where there's an early cash out, right? If you can, right? There might, there might be a good situation, right? Mojo gives it a, a completely different look, man. I, I watched in real time last night. I watched this video. Uh, Sporty Jordy put it out there. And she said that, you know, you can make the bet. You can cash out. And go back in if you want at a lower number. Cash out again. It's really all about like cashing out at the right moment. Like what? Like just for instance, you said, "Hey, uh, they were down six. I went to get a snack. They were down twelve. 
at that point, when you see it go back to 12, goodbye. You know, like you cash out on your UConn bet right there because it ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. You know, so that's very interesting stuff. You definitely want to check that out over there on the Mojo app. You can download it right now on iTunes and the Google Play. I missed it up again. If it's iTunes, it's the Apple Store. There it is, the Apple Store. Whatever. I don't I don't buy any apps. I, I download li- the good ones. If you want to listen to the Mojo app, go <laughs> Download it on iTunes. <laughs> you can You know what? Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we are available on iTunes. So if you d- are you just tired of looking at our faces and you want to listen to this on I podcast dare form, you. I dare you to go <laughs> listen to that podcast. I dare you. I mean, look, the podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and Google and all that stuff. So we're available there if you want to hear our majestic voices and my nasally voice today, man. I just... It's, I love the spring, but I hate the spring. You know what I'm saying? It's like right it's there. It's like 80 today. Sniffing all over the place. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, for Dave Sturchio and, of course, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. Back here tomorrow with a loaded NBA slate results. And going forward, we are back to the wall here with the NBA. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.